what is up, Steel Studios? Happy Thursday, everyone. Practice Friday, everyone. January 27th, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me here on the study session, episode number 216, season two. Getting after it today. I am your grateful host, Jeremy Ritz. Thanking you so much for joining me here today. We're going to talk about the tight end position in terms of evaluating that spot for the Steelers as we continue to work through what this offseason will look like for your Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's our focal point of discussion today. We're going to get into that soon. But yes, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a supporter of the study, for listening, sharing, reading truly does mean the world to me so thank you for that would love to hear from you let's connect you can do that one of three ways you can comment directly on the articles you can drop me a line via email the still study at gmail.com and also give me a follow on twitter at still study would love to connect with you get your question comment feedback on the show every saturday i do the Steelers saturday mailbag in which i use your content to drive the show your questions your comments your feedback So we'd love to have you be a part of that. Let's make that happen. And also, in case you haven't checked it out, I also do a podcast with Jim Wexel over on his site, The Still City Insider. Our podcast is called The Still City Insider Podcast. We record every Tuesday, the dark hour, 5 a.m. and publish between 6 and 6.30 a.m. You don't want to miss that. So please check that out. And here we go, tight end. So we've covered quarterbacks, Running backs, now we're talking tight ends. And last year, heading into the draft, tight end was a below average position. Vance McDonald retired. You had Eric Ebron, who had a bad case of the dropsies. He was returning. You had Zach Gentry, whom nobody believed or gave any chance that he would develop into anything. You had Kevin Rader, and it really looked pretty bleak. But then enter Pat Freyermuth in the draft in the second round out of Penn State, and his performance this season says all that you need to know about what type of player he is and what type of player he will evolve into as he progresses into year two and beyond. Freyermuth had seven touchdown receptions, eclipsing what Heath Miller did in his first year. He is every bit of the receiver that Heath Miller was. His ceiling might be a little bit higher than Miller's, where Freyermuth struggles and needs to continue to develop is in his blocking. But he is going to be an outstanding starter, probably a Pro Bowl player at the position, and the Steelers are set at TE1 for years to come. And a nice surprise this year came from Zach Gentry. Massive guy, six foot eight, former quarterback, played at the University of Michigan. He was converted into a tight end. There were thoughts that he wasn't going to develop at all, but this year he really came through. More so as a blocker, but he also made some nice plays in the receiving game. Again, he's not going to be a high volume guy in terms of receptions. But he does bring physicality in terms of blocking. And the Steelers have found a number two 
tight end. So not only do you have your number one tight end in Freyermuth, you have your number two tight end in Gentry. And life is good in the tight end room. And then your number three, Kevin Rader. He is a good blocker, good inline blocker, powerful, strong. Not much in terms of a receiver, but in terms of a power running game, he gives you an element there. He will probably stick if there's better depth out there on the cheap or through an undrafted rookie free agent. Maybe they would go that route, but more than likely Raider is your number three tight end next season. I'm sure they'll take a look at some other guys. You could have a practice squad tight end. But really, it's a position you don't have to worry about for several years. That's set. So at least we know at running back and at tight end, things are buttoned up pretty tightly and nicely for your Pittsburgh Steelers. That's an easy one. If only all the positions were like that for the Steelers heading into this offseason. But that's not the case. We still have to cover the wide receivers in the offensive line. Gets a little bit more tricky and detailed with those positions in terms of needs and what has to happen this offseason. But at least take some solace in knowing that tight end is pretty set. So a couple of other things here that I haven't talked about on the the study. Keith Butler retired. I think everybody saw that coming. It's rumored that Terrell Austin is going to be promoted in-house as the next defensive coordinator. There are a few other gentlemen that the Steelers organization is going to interview. But more than likely, this is going to be Austin's job people were clamoring and making some noise earlier this week when Jerry Dulac tweeted out that Keith Butler admitted that Mike Tomlin did in fact call the defensive signals and plays which the more I think about that shouldn't come as a shock because if you think of a a lot of offensive coaches out there Andy Reid he calls his own plays Sean Payton who recently retired in New Orleans called his own place. So why is it any different for a defensive coordinator, former defensive coordinator Mike Tomlin is the head coach to call the defensive signals. So if anything, critics of Tomlin are looking for fodder to shoot holes in his coaching acumen, and that's one way that they're attempting to do that. In other news, Omar Khan interviewed with the Chicago Bears for the GM position, something that would have yielded two third-round picks in the event that he was hired. But they didn't hire him, so he is staying put in Pittsburgh, at least for now. I think those third-round picks would have been nice. I'm just saying, especially in a year where the Steelers don't have a lot of draft capital. A report did emerge that the Steelers should receive a fourth-round selection compensatory pick for the loss of Bud Dupree. It doesn't look like right now anything is going to come for losing Matt Filer because of the signing and the playing time of 
the General Joe Haig. Hopefully the Steelers can add one more draft pick in some way, shape, or form. Maybe there's another surprise compensatory that comes through maybe in the sixth or seventh round, or maybe they're able to move a player via a trade for another selection. Otherwise, it's not a lot of picks to work with this year. So that alone should tell you that any type of blockbuster deal to land Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson is just not likely whatsoever. And then the last thing I'll mention, Juju Smith-Schuster. It was reported that he is interested in signing with the Chiefs this offseason, and <laughs> my response to that is, duh, who who wouldn't want to sign with the Chiefs as a wide receiver and play with that offense and play with a quarterback in Patrick Mahomes who is the best quarterback in the league? Thank you, Captain Obvious. So let's see. Hmm, if I have an option of playing with Mason Rudolph or Patrick Mahomes, I think that's an easy choice there. Here's the real question. Did the Chiefs really want Juju? Juju may want to go to the Chiefs, but that ship may have sailed. Anyway, interesting, something worth monitoring. And next up, we will be getting into the wide receiver position. That's coming up on Friday's study session. But for now, dearest studying, 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 studying. Thank you so much for joining me here for episode 216, season two. My gratitude to you. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening, reading, sharing. It means the world to me. Let's connect, comment, email, tweet me. Get your stuff on Saturday's mailbag. Check out the Wexel podcast. Make that happen. And in the meantime, in between time, remember, not everybody is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. But you, my black and gold brethren, most certainly are. Peace, everyone. Have a great day.